Welcome to the show. You can watch and subscribe to the Project FIA TV show on YouTube. Drop comments and questions to us on the podcast via Twitter. Our handle is Project FIA. And now sit back, relax, and enjoy. This is Project FIA Goes PC. Hi, everyone, again. Uh, so I'm just going to build this up so uh, there's not a real kind of a two week to catch up on because, you know, since the last time you heard us two weeks ago to you guys at home listening, uh, there was so much I wanted to add to the podcast. And like our producer, she's got a short battery life, only lasts an hour or so. Uh, so we have to plug her in after each podcast. Hence, I couldn't continue to a three hour epic. I couldn't make records on FIA history. But this is FI Goes PC episode 92, which is a great year in football, if you remember it. I do, growing up as a kid. Uh, in the UK, British football, not the American Super Bowl, which has just transpired. So, uh, well done, Tampa Bay. Yeah, they buccaneered a new one with Tom Brady. Tom Brady's got his seventh ring. I literally think he's trying to be Thanos and collect all the Infinity Rings. I don't know. I have no idea. But he's definitely superhuman, let's be honest. Uh, anyway, not much to catch up on apart from that. That's a little blurb that's happened since your last time. We're just going to continue where we left off. So on that note, I am your host, Rebel Zen, a.k.a. Danny Hale. And with me, freshly charged, full of beans and noodles, is our producer, Winifred. Say hello. Hello. Really? Beans and noodles? No, dumplings and noodles. Wow, they look like beans to me. <laughs> So, it's interesting. You having a good Chinese New Year? Yeah, all good. All good. S still not there yet. We, we are literally a day after we uh, set this one out. So, just to fill your minds at ease, folks listening, this We're is literally Tuesday. ahead of time. So, basically, this could be a post-apocalyptic podcast. We just don't know what the future holds. It's very scary and turbulent. But we're doing something that we've never done before. We're playing with uh, time travel. That's it. We always play with time travel. <laughs> yeah. To a point. It's a great new DS game for the Nintendo DS. Mm -hmm. I don't know. That could be a thing. I don't have I'm trying to sound cool to a cool kid. Uh, what I will say is, like, obviously, this is a first for me because I literally reviewed the podcast, as I always do. Uh, I Like an audience every Monday, it goes out just a little bit of a behind-the-scenes thing. Uh, and basically, I just noticed there were so many things that we'd said for the first time. I always get infuriated at times where I think, oh, I could have added to that or whatever. Yeah. That's a natural thing. Yeah. Basically, the last time you heard us, we were talking about things like, you know, how useless the solar system is. It's really quite sciencey and factual, <laughs> you know, saying how useless our solar system is, stuff like this. Sure. Uh, also, I was talking about the space race, uh, kind of alluded to it, mm. made a point of saying how... We might be universally stockpiling all fossil fuels mm -hmm. to For get... rockets. Yeah, because mm -hmm. it's a new frontier. Yeah. Um, it's a very boring one. It's an interesting thing. So there's a lot of things that it's thought-provoking. And rather than just leave it, sometimes I do that. I, I basically act like the Joker in Batman. I just basically throw stuff out there, give people time to think about it. And by the time I have to do one of these again, I've forgotten everything about it. <laughs> And there's war started elsewhere in the world. It's it's just a manic thing that you do when you're mm -hmm. a podcast host. Yeah, so there's a few things that it... Because I was listening to it, and I was thinking, right, well, 
I didn't go there and I could have gone there and I could have said this and I could have said that. And when you've got an hour to work with, it's very difficult to kind of fill it all. So this might spill a bit as an episode, but I'm trying to keep it to format because otherwise you literally fall asleep, don't mm. you? Because you run out of energy. Yeah, I need more dumplings and noodles. Yeah, unless you're in a solar Snacks. energized area like with the sun. So there's that. But anyway, I was thinking, so that's the first point I should start on, actually, because I mentioned the sun. Mm-hmm. Um, I love what's, the sun. what's interesting, okay, is because when you're talking about um, space and starships travel and stuff and the future of the planet and colonizing Mars and all of the stuff we mm. were kind of alluding to from the Elon Musk Jack Ma interview that I watched, yeah, uh, and many other people have watched. I wasn't on my own. It wasn't <laughs> like I just had a periscope into the <laughs> meeting. Um, basically, it's a case where you know it got me thinking because the sun was once, and we have said this in the past. It was literally to most religions, and we're talking our ancient ancient ancestors. We're talking the Egyptians, we're talking the Mayans, the Incans, uh, the Java guys that created coffee, uh, the little <laughs> snowmen that uh, were still a, a capsule, uh, the Norwegians, uh, they were Vikings, uh, travelers, uh, you know, all of these people. Okay. Uh, before the Mongolians, they, they were new kids on the block at one point. Everyone had this <laughs> fundamental belief that the sun was God. Yeah. Because we, we're all primitive. The sun some gives of us life. still Exactly. Some of us are still primitive. But we were all primitive at this point. Mm. Not just certain people from certain town uh, villages that we never talk about uh, on the fringes of bigger towns and villages. <laughs> the ones that are still making things with their hands, like their houses out of mud. Those people. We're still primitive. Our, our world isn't fully modern yet, which is why I think it's quite interesting. I had a point of saying that if Africa suddenly became you know, self-aware as a continent and all the countries rushed to uh, technology a bit like China. If that could happen in Africa and we actually literally had a Wakanda, mm. essentially, where they were miles ahead of us or, yeah. you know, say some part of Africa that no one's explored mm. is Wakanda, as the Marvel Universe would have us believe. Uh, and Maybe it is that some kind of uh, like energy super advanced or something, yeah. and all the aliens, all of the UFOs sighted around the world were actually people from Wakanda mm. uh, trying out their new cars. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's a technology advance. Uh, I'm just saying like some of the world and this is what's amazing about Earth. As much as we're living this pretentious, you know, mostly um, first world issue. With the pandemic, there are countries in this world still that literally time hasn't changed them, mm -hmm. you know, and we're trying. We're trying to instigate by destroying their uh, e ecology and ecosystems. Or, or, or ecosystems. We're trying to destroy them, tear down rainforests and all this stuff, um, you know. That's the first world thing. Mm. But basically, like, we still have it. So you'll see a nature documentary some point in your life and you'll still see that certain people haven't changed yeah. which is incredible when yeah. you think about it protected tribes and all that yeah i mean christians will be like yeah i mean we've been here for 2020 years <laughs> but the rest of us who know better than that <laughs> just it's like it's interesting to see the echo is like you know there is still that so if you can imagine one of these say amazonian tribes that still exist turn up in say london mm. or new york city or something like this, it's literally, like, I don't know how you would fathom, that to me is a documentary. I mean, they made a stupid Brendan Fraser movie, like, Historic Man or something, Caveman comes into 
I think it was a California man. It was. I don't know. Where he t- it's like a prehistoric guy who's been set in rock, breaks out of the rock, and he's in today's world, oh. and it's all completely weird. Very nineties. <laughs> It would be it would be nuts. Yeah. It would be nuts. It would be crazy. It would be like us in reverse. It would be us thinking we're the top of the spectrum in the first world with all the technology and our iPhones and smart stuff and lots of smart stuff and we're too stupid to use it, technology, and stuff like that, turning into a place like Africa where we thought, oh, you know, we're better than all of this, and then seeing Wakanda. It's literally the argument that we're making Black Panther, which was pretty cool as a film. I'm saying at one point when we were all primitive, when we were all, uh, you know, figuring out if we're human or not, mm. we thought the sun was God. It's the most obvious thing. Brightest light in the sky, really hot, obviously. We kind of know that because uh, sunbathing, you know, stuff and like because this. afternoons are the best time of day. I only you know? see you uh, and three other people <laughs> just like you. And cats. Uh, I don't know. Cats like the night, so I don't know. Uh, like, but They like to sleep in the sun. Because it's nice and comfortable. Lizards. Lizards also yeah. like to sleep in the Lizards. Sun. Lizard people. <laughs> they love the sun. So all I'm going to say is, it was an easy thing to understand mm-hmm. that the sun was God. Yeah, now, it's pretty natural. science has almost proven that without even acknowledging it. Because they said the Big Bang Theory is everything was spat out of the sun. Mm. So it's pulled in, blows up and spat out. Mm. And that's a theory, right? Yeah. It's a theory that's the most logical theory because the universe expansion, all of this stuff, we see stars collapsing and things like this. So it's almost the universe is showing you that as a hint. Mm. At least that's our scientific brain. But what happens, and this is what I was thinking, if all our useless stuff in our solar system, was because it's all aligned in this straight line, which is definitely the reason Pac-Man exists, because they must have looked at our solar system and gone, hmm, Pac-Man. The it's sun basically eats all the planets. Though. No, I know what you, I know. It's not a. <laughs> it is on it, I'm a, on saying a on a model, yeah. on a, how we're educated, <laughs> it's a straight line. It's actually going yeah. all around each other in weird, spinny yeah, ways. All rotating in some but way. the point that I'm trying to say is in a Pac Man universe mm-hmm. of the straight line, mm-hmm. when you see the models yeah. in school, the construct is, right, that it will all go into the sun at the end of the day and that will collapse the sun because mm-hmm. it almost like overfuels it and then explodes essentially but it's a vacuum in space and then it collapses in on itself it turns into a white dwarf great title for a magazine for games workshop (laughs) uh and basically just dies out Mm. it runs out of fuel it 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 calls up but what if that's only one theory yes what if it actually pulls in together goes into the nuclear cooker that is the sun Mm. right like an oven and then the sun turns into the, the the right planet like it actually right so it all combines <laughs> it combines and it go it, it sort of terraforms itself hmm. and then you've got like uh, because like i said last time all of our universe is a collection of stupid things mm-hmm. it's almost like earth happened completely by accident to sustain this kind of life mm-hmm. which is all it's like a cluster of complete accidents yeah and what evolution says and this was another point uh last time i didn't make is that evolution in life all life follows one rule survival Mm -hmm. all life tries to survive yeah there is no animal in history that's self-extinct that just gives up unless it's a lemming (laughs) maybe then (laughs) but the construct is that all life's trying to find a way to survive so everything in its eco structure anything in its its um 
willingness to survive can evolve the thing. Like there was that uh, perfect planet showed the finch in the uh, weird Galapagos yeah, islands yeah, the, where um, vampire finches. Yeah, vampire finches, which is a bit of a spoiler. Gotta be honest, because you don't expect <laughs> that when you first see them. No. Uh, but basically, it's a way to survive. They had to evolve, and therefore they turned into this thing that they weren't ever Originally, before. Yeah. yeah. It's it's almost like a new. Well, that's evolution. Um, that's yeah. that's literally a proof of evolution. Mm-hmm. Evolution can be something insignificant, like I ate pizza for years. There was no more pizza. There was a massive pizza shortage, so I ate bananas, and then mm. it changed everything about me. I actually had nutrition for the first time in my life. And, <laughs> I could climb things. I wasn't this huge bowling ball of a person. <laughs> Basically, what I'm saying, mm-hmm. evolution finds a way. Life itself, everything living has to survive. Otherwise, we have no instinct whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And the point I was trying to say is this is what I think eludes scientists and engineers like Elon Musk. Mm-hmm. When they talk about a future and they're very dystopian with it in a sense, or they're hinting to that, or almost saying that we have to be machines to survive. That is the future. That's the evolution. That's yeah. an implemented evolution that humanity is doing. That's like saying we all should be owls. Right. Because so I wrote a book about owls. Because we think it, that, that we're moving towards that Yeah, exactly. Anyway. Like, th- this is a construct, right? Mm. So... You could argue that a lot of our technological advancements is because Star Trek happened and yeah. we're looking at our phone going, oh, we want that intercom thing, and that makes sense. Or we want a dimmer switch that we can say to the room, lights, and they go on and off, we're which we've now got. We're writing our own fate. Well, essentially, this is the point. We are the most creative element hmm. there has ever been on this planet, mm-hmm. ever, which is why it gives a lot of... Um, factual truth to a lot of spirituality where most religions if not all of them mm-hmm. consider that whatever god idol thing in the sky deity it is mm-hmm. we're in its image yeah. they all specify that it's just easy for them to understand unless you go back and think the sun is god but i think even when the egyptians thought that ra the sun god they still saw him as a human type thing mm. it was just so glorious that it was in this ball of fire and then science sort the, of yeah said, there's always the some sun. kind of personification yeah happening and it's interesting because all of this is very theological because you've got this thing that you can't explain as a primitive mm. you've just discovered fire and mm. that's freaked you out it's <laughs> <laughs> like check this out and then everyone thinks you're weird you know this isn't a time where this is funny because if you're in a caveman i'm sure the reaction to fire would have been like uh terrified of you mm. you would have been something like god to them uh, and what, then what and curiosity then, no 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 i think it would have been absolutely the first the first level of it would have been terrifying mm. not the discovery of it i think the guy who discovered it would have been scared he would have been just whacking rocks yeah as you do <laughs> on a weekend yeah. bored distracted looking at a penguin mate with a uh, uh an otter or something what uh, well i don't know Evolution. and then uh, yeah and then basically he's like whacking a couple he's probably thinking oh this sounds real good i should start a rock band literally uh because he's smacking rocks together that's the mm. beginning of percussion and then suddenly a spark happens as it does with most creativity and he engulfs <laughs> this entire like thing in fire and he would have gone whoa, 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 you know like spoken like that backed off looked at it gone hmm then realized it's warm Mm-hmm. then started to do stupid things like stick his bum on it and yeah. things like this. That would have been the way <laughs> to do it. And eventually he'd get okay with the idea of it, bring his mates around, mm. and they would have thought, it, like he, he would have been yeah. the jackass though. 
Because he'd have known. Oh. He'd have known. He'd have known what this thing is. He'd have got used to it. <laughs> They'd not know about it. He'd just tap him on the shoulder and do this thing. They'd all think he was freaky. Yeah. I honestly think it wouldn't have been a case where they would have embraced it. They would all run off. And then, and then started like a rumor mm. that this weirdo that can just make sun happen. Like he's, he must be a deity. Mm. And eventually that spreads to them people coming back to him almost tentatively. I don't know where I'm going with this, but the point is... He becomes the wise man of the village? Yeah, he becomes almost a leader on, on intelligence rather than brawn, mm. which would have been an evolution. Yeah. You see? Yeah. So this is funny because we're now in a time of science dictating to us if we can leave our house or not, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. where it used to be the strongest guy in the room was a leader because yep. he could protect you all. Yep. Back in the primitive times, even through all tribes and everything, it's mm -hmm. still that in Survival some places. Survival of the fittest. Right. But then, then now it's almost the most intelligent person that's mm -hmm. actually leading us. Yeah. And that's not just our politicians. That's in life. For example, Steve Jobs, when he brought the phone out, most intelligent person to a lot of us, mm -hmm. morons on earth. <laughs> He's the guy who's created fire. Mm. And then we never processed it. And by iPhone 13 or whatever it is now... 13th generation of it we're almost so used to it that everything represents it we've got used to fire it's it's almost funny isn't it mm. we're six seven thousand years in our own evolution and we still don't fundamentally get what fire is mm. essentially and the point that i'm trying to say is that someone like elon musk who has used the catalyst of all the things he's personally inspired by there's no way in the world he's not inspired by sci-fi films mm -hmm. No way. Yeah. It's not like he's just like, you know what we all need? We all need to, uh, you know, fly around in hover cars and stuff. Like, it's his own thought. He's definitely a product of the 80s and 90s, like most of us are that are still alive here. He's literally 10, he's literally 10 years older than me. Right. So I feel like there's a relatability between me and uh, I can understand him. Mm, where, where he's coming from. Right, where he's basically like grown up with the same sort of things I've grown up with because England, the 80s, were the 70s. Mm. In America, slightly different. Yeah. You know, because they ran the 80s. It was all the Trump show and the Wall Street show and all this stuff. For us, it was kind of... We didn't have the bombastic nature, but mm. we had a lot of stuff coming in, influences from the USA, but it was still life, especially in the beginning to the mid, was like the 70s. Mm. If you ever see pictures of america in the 70s i can it's all beige cars the volvo estate cars came out yusuke not to him it's his favorite car but mm. to us like it was gross <laughs> you know internal furniture looked like a hallucinogenic dream yeah it was all like weird tie-dye and straight it was all weird uh and england tie-dye england was sort of in that still because we never had summer we had like three Never. weeks. We had three weeks of summer, but we didn't have California weather, which was perpetual summer through the whole seventies, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is why they were so nuts out there, mm -hmm. and why we were only a little bit nuts mm. for six weeks of the year or something. And then cynical for the rest. And of then it. in snow and beige and back to Blamange, and it was all horrible. You yeah. know, uh, eight is kind of that overspilled, mm. at least until they're sort of mid to late, and then we found our own decade in the nineties in the UK because mm. of Britpop and everything that happened here. That's a tangent, but what I was trying to say is like, what's interesting is the construct that we've never really evolved past these points in time. 
And the other thing I was going to say from last time, this is the first time we've ever analysed our own podcast yeah, live in podcast. an episode. <laughs> uh, so this is a first. But the other thing that I was saying was like, um, it would be impossible to get to uh, Mars unless we use fossil fuel and we'd have to stockpile it. Yeah, I that's think, your theory. Right, there's, mm-hmm. well, it isn't a theory, it's a fact right now. We, we'd have to use This is the fossil only fuel. way we know how to... Yeah, at this yeah. point in time, what's been released to the general public as non-classified technology, mm-hmm. we only have fossil fuel to propel. Mm-hmm. We only have it. Um, yeah, okay, we have you know we can use sort of gliders and stuff mm-hmm. but i need towing the, the the idea to get a rocket through our atmosphere it has to be propelled through it needs combustion some kind of has combustion, to yeah. has to the point is there are people and i mentioned this in one of our podcasts trying to figure out coal fusion right now which is like literally self-sustainable and infinite energy supply okay. which is if you think about it it's like um putting a sun into status and controlling it mm. right and this is just for layman terms. Another thing that Chris and I used to talk about, not to uh, Chris Anslow back, mm. back there, was, you know, the construct of coal fusion. Because if you take Iron Man, uh, the fiction, what Tony Stark uses is a, res- a sustainable energy. Okay. So yeah. it's, it, but I think his is radioactive from memory. Like they tried to base it on something like plutonium or something like this mm-hmm. as a construct so you can understand the fiction where it was basically just sorcery and magic in the comics. You know? <laughs> um, what I'm trying to say is like, there's always some truth to it. So it was uh, it was killing him slowly. That was the whole point of the Iron Man universe yeah. in the, mm-hmm. in the uh, MCU. And basically, we can't use nuclear energy in the, in the sense to take us to space. I'm sure that's been a thought, mm. but it's too erratic. Yeah. You know, because at, at a certain temperature, which you need to get, through the atmosphere or whatever, it will just become... It just seems way uh, inex- too dangerous. Well, and also, if it blows up on launch, <laughs> you've wiped out Florida or Texas or Moscow or whatever, you know, yeah. so it's definitely not the logical thing. Didn't pass the risk assessment. <laughs> right. So if you go to the original Star Trek, when I had warp drives, the warp drives are based on this construct of uh, sustainable energy, which is literally like coal fusion okay the construct mm. only they add stuff like it's mushroom based and it's alien something and mm-hmm. the vulcans came down and gave it to us you also had the idea in the film sunshine danny boyle's movie yeah. of being able to make coal fusion happen and creating um an ecosystem for a spaceship right i have not seen sunshine but i know the. you have every day of your life no every film. time you open a window and it's uh it's risen uh yeah, no, um, you have actually seen it because yeah, you have, but you don't, you don't, I don't remember it. Yeah, you, your battery was low. You were charging at the time. This is the only time I can make you watch movies is when you're plugged into the wall. Talking about future technology, Win, you're a robotic producer for the future, obviously, uh, running on beans and uh, needles. Sorry, dumplings. Um, but basically, sunshine is it's like, um, the construct of sunshine is the sun's about to blow up and it's the end of everything. Mm-hmm. And yep. these guys are trying to reset the sun. Yeah, right. And they have this insane ship to take them there, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I won't ruin it for anyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just the kind of footnote of what the film's Premise. about. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it gets a little bit odd after that. Uh, I'm pretty sure I haven't watched it. I don't know. The you anything. definitely have seen it. I was in the room when you watched it. <laughs> oh, but no. this was a couple of years ago. Yeah, so you have for sure. Uh, if I said anything that ruined a film, you'd remember. 
That's the problem. Oh. You see what I'm saying? Don't tell. Because you're you're the only person I've ever met that requires spoilers to remind themselves (laughs) if you've seen something or not. You know, not an actor. I watch way too much stuff. Every actor, every actor looks the same to you. So you can't say an actor. Yeah. I'm that not a very work. visual person. Right, so... <laughs> I'm a story narrative person. So basi- book. basically what I'm saying, like in, in the footnote of what uh, Elon Musk says, yeah. and his energy is on going to Mars and stuff like this, mm. what he's never said to the public, and I think that's probably because there's military contracts around it, because if you figured out self-sustainable suspended coal fusion, if you could do that, mm. then absolutely it will change the landscape of the planet. Yeah. You would no longer need to have fossil fuel. You would no longer need to have power stations. No. It would be so significant. It mm-hmm. would change the game. But of course, if these things became erratic, we'd be gone. Mm. That's the danger. Mm. So like with nuclear science, it's obviously if that has a meltdown, we see Fukushima, Chernobyl, mm-hmm. things that are called. If, it's, if it explodes... We see Hiroshima and Nagasaki. We see real, real big problems. Devastation, yeah. Massive devastation. But if you create cold fusion, it it would just suck you all into it. Mm. It would literally just (laughs) destroy absolutely everything. And that's the one scary thing about science leading us, because it's a no-brainer. Anyone who can figure out how we can consistently get energy, it's a natural... uh, evolution of thought from, say, sunlight, solar power, to creating a sun. Makes sense. Yeah. Infinite right? energy source. Yeah. Like, and the, just... Well, this is the issue with science, mm. because if science picks up a military contract, <laughs> military tends to be uh, not known for its empathy. No. Let's be honest. No. Uh, and also, if the government picks up on a military and scientific plan, mm-hmm. and there's so much benefit for the nation, like they'll become the richest thing overnight, then mm-hmm. of course they're listening because everyone just cares about economics in this day and age, yep. which is a problem, right? Big problem. Yeah. So, yes, there's all of these things. So, it's funny to me how Elon Musk never covers that. Mm. And that SpaceX doesn't use anything really truly modern. It's just got a different way of doing stuff. Mm. You know, like the tech behind SpaceX is amazing. There I mean, might be a lot of classified stuff. Therefore, well, we don't like know, I said, right? there will be. Of course, there will be because a lot of it goes into military aerospace mm-hmm. programs and stuff like this. It's a military contract being an astronaut. Yeah. So it's interesting. But what I'm trying to say here is that the focus isn't sustainable energy. You see, I think that's the thing people are missing. And it, it's really interesting because if we go electric cars, yeah. where's the energy going to come from? Mm-hmm. Um, and we're using combustion factories still coal or oil or i don't know wind turbines even Mm -hmm. that's not going to generate the kind of energy we're going to need for every human being on the planet to have a car you see what i'm saying yeah so this race to have everlasting energy really feels like that's happening behind everyone's knowledge Mm. that's the thing that's really going to determine the future of of humanity self-sustainable but i don't think it's going to change the fact that spaceships still need petrol to get to space it was just a thought i thought that was one of Mm. the points that i made and i make a lot of this stuff without any plan or consciousness of Mm -hmm. what i'm saying Mm -hmm. um that was called to iron out yeah yeah so yeah so basically that's that all the footnotes is is the construct of 
the other belief that I really do have is the limitations of science is only as far as we can prove. One thing that quantum physicists always like to talk about is the idea if we can get everything to a quantum scale, we can completely manipulate it. Mm. And that's a conversation that you can totally be a part of. Or just me saying what I said has been like an alien language and you've now given up. <laughs> you're now a lemming and you're looking at a cliff to climb uh... off. Uh, but basically, <laughs> basically, uh, to put that in a nutshell, it's the case of either you can view it like you're in the matrix and suddenly you get all the code and the world seems like a pattern and it's unlocked itself to you. If you understand atoms, you can pull a sword out of... It's more a case of uh, once we understand the understanding of quantum physics, we can manipulate in a godlike way. Yeah. So essentially a quantum reality would literally be Harry Potter. So you could actually rewrite the entire wizarding world of Harry Potter mm -hmm. as they were just they just figured out quantum physics. Yeah. So well, magic is basically unexplained science. Well, there was a film, a very good film that I think was brutally underrated. Nicholas Cage was in called the uh, uh, Sorcerer's Apprentice. Mm. It was a mm -hmm. Disney remake. Yeah. From the old Mickey Mouse Mickey when he's got yeah. the talking broomsticks dancing us all that. But it was a live action version and it was completely underwhelming how that released. But it's a brilliant film mm. because it explains that it has the tendency to say that science is magic mm -hmm. at the level. But we just call it different things. Just don't all understand it. it was almost a precursor to Doctor Strange that was because mm. Doctor Strange tried to do that by yeah. incorporating a matrix and <laughs> a bit of inception yeah. through it all together. Yeah. But um, quantum physics should it well quant sorry quantum mechanics would be that intense mm. because if you could break everything down to quantum particle level you could probably rebuild someone from scratch because all of their mush would still be there which would mean we could regenerate but the construct of understanding that is literally terrifyingly suggesting that we're in a simulation mm. because there'd be code everywhere yeah and the explanations of all of these scientific theories are our own imagination running wild. What and if sometimes, nature is a code, though? What well, if that well, is, you that's, know? I think that's the point I'm trying to say. A lot of science, or, or any science particularly, has to be, it has to come from the belief in a fictional thing mm. that gets us to look at it and explore it. And then you get into echo chambers in science. So mm -hmm. if you imagine like how everyone's talking about echo chambers now, like a politician, yeah. uh, a political echo chamber, like right or left, mm -hmm. it's the same in science. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, like you can literally be staring at something for many, many, many years, decades, dedicate your entire life to it, yeah. such as the pyramids in Egypt. Mm -hmm. And then some jackass goes, oh, yeah, we just found another one over there. Mm -hmm. And you'll never fully get the picture it's because they're in the box. Well, it's not just because they're in the box. It's because they lead themselves to believe that this is the theory. Like Einstein's theory of relativity, mm -hmm. it's only relative, mm -hmm. there's a pun in that, mm -hmm. until someone disproves it. Yeah. And then it's complete joke. And all the maths has been wrong for the last <laughs> 70, 80 years. Yeah. And everything we know is basically based on theory. Yeah. But not facts. Mm -hmm. At current, everything supports it. Mm-hmm. But the minute it until doesn't, until it's disproved, yeah, until yeah. it doesn't, and we've all been looking at the wrong thing, yeah. it's it literally goes back to the caveman fire episode of this drama that I've been saying, <laughs> like where he sticks his bum in it one minute and yeah. he's he's the biggest idiot in the world, 
and then is the smartest idiot that, you know, no one can... He, he's literally discovered fire, right? Mm. And that analogy is so many scientists out there in their labs yeah. right Oops. now. Yeah. Oh, oh that's toxic. <laughs> and I've just mounted off the world's population of candles. Whoops. Well, so many discoveries are also by accident, you know? Well, it's so. interesting because I think this is, but it, it's like I said, like if you're Elon Musk or if you're anyone like this, I can't take anything away from Elon Musk and ingenuity and, and genius. Mm. But I can say, and he did say this himself, if you suddenly think you're the smartest person in the room, you've got to suddenly understand you're stupid to something else. Yeah. It's like the Masashi. There's a really famous Japanese uh, samurai, the real one, that wrote the only sort of thing we can really say apart from the fictions based on him is he wrote a book called The Book of Five Rings, which yes. is a philosophy. Mm-hmm. And he says in the Book of Five Rings, like, we always climb a mountain to see there's a bigger mountain opposite us. You'll never get to the top. That is also a Chinese idiom. It it is, yeah. yeah. And he probably was in his own echo chamber uh, thinking about Sun Tzu, the art of war, and all of these Confucian But it is literal as well. You get to the top of a mountain, there's another mountain. Well, yeah, like, you got the Himalayas. Yeah. But if a super volcano goes off, the Himalayas is going to look like a joke next to the Tower of yeah. Saruman, for example. We're mm-hmm. all going to end up in Lord of Rings. That's the future. <laughs> but the po- a different kind of ring. Well, no, From that's the five rings no, no. The, the that's what rings. happens when you collect all the Infinity Rings. <laughs> yeah, you become Lord of the Rings, right? And then you know, this is what Thanos was on his way to. Uh, I've just done the ultimate movie mashup right there. So Lord of the Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. is actually like uh, if anyone's seen the anime Doctor Stone, it's basically like oh, far really in the future we reset to the past and yeah. we become sort of savage again. Yeah. But the human evolution is actually Tolkien's Lord of the Rings. It's a prediction. It's a mm-hmm. book of um, prophecies. No one knows that about him. Okay. Obviously, it, like they think it's fiction, but like we think the theory of relativity is yeah. fact, and we, it's not. I was saying to somebody the other day, uh, if, if we self-destruct, right, and, you know, we, we leave behind all of this stuff, people of the future, they might pick up a book and go, oh, look, this is the history of their, of, of their um, uh, civilization. Yeah, and it's like, like Lord of the Rings was the example. Or Stephen King. It's like, wow. Or you can have like... The stuff existed. <laughs> yeah, like, no. misery used to, to an alien, misery reads like a newspaper article. You yeah. Know, like, <laughs> Well, this is the construct, and the funny thing is I might be unlocking that now, mm. having this podcast explain things to aliens. It's great to have a podcast explaining things to future uh, invaders of our planet, don't you think? Just Hi. putting the, the kind of the notes out there so <laughs> yeah. they can, you know... Understand us understand better. Understand us better. <laughs> I don't know the, if they, the, the, that they will. But it, it's, it, I think I've just proven in the absolute madness of saying that we'll all reset and be in Tolkien's world. Mm. Basically, this is how... We were talking about veils and, and the construct of if you break through the veil, mm. you unlock everything. Mm. And there seems to be this natural law in place, a universally natural law. Now, there's a lot of spiritual people who will say it's their God, deity, idol, whatever it is, yeah. that's created a veil. But I actually think the veil is the limitation of the code. Mm. Like... Should we break the veil, the whole thing just destroys itself. All the marbles fall from space right. and it so bounces on this big... Through, it actually has a reverse effect. Everything is almost linked to consciousness, mm. I think. Because the power, what people don't understand, it's very clear to see this. If you know a little bit about all of this madness. Mm. Uh, basically, for example, 
if you envision that time travel becomes probable somewhere and the quantum theory is that there's a quantum theory in parallel universes mm -hmm. which means that we're all self-replicating mm -hmm. so whatever you're thinking in creativity now i've said the lord of rings is the reset that's existing mm. somewhere it is a reality now essentially mm. yeah cross-dimensional whatever which also means that when you look in the sky all the stars that you see in different formations are the same as our sun but they're in different stages of life that means creativity is its own big bang in a different universe well that's literally what creativity is yeah uh, an explosion of idea you create a world and then you watch it destroy itself yeah because it reaches a pinnacle of thought for example harry potter's got a shelf life mm. right now it's 20 years will it last 150 years mm. you know is shakespeare still as relevant as it was in shakespearean times or is it only relevant because we've we've held on to it mm. everything's got a burnout yeah so creativity has this burnout sense where you can <laughs> <laughs> create something ah oh, this will be timeless classic mm -hmm. and no one gives a monkey's butt about it in like 50 60 70 years and it just goes away we're seeing that in our own lifetime with technology mm -hmm. yeah you'll you'll be there as a kid and say this film lasted a dawn time i love this film you watch it 20 years later and you're like oh, what did i like about it's this aged. garbage yeah <laughs> just looks like bad you know bad stuff but the few things that have this kind of infinite peak mm. that starts to burn out and this is what people understand if we live forever. Yeah. We'd be witness to a lot of burnout, mm -hmm. which would be, I don't think that humanity can handle that. That's the sad thing about immortality whenever it's explored in fiction. Well, it's also the sad, it's also like the thought of our religions might actually be our reality because someone put the note out there. Yeah. And we're living that parallel universe. Mm -hmm. So if you have the God and we're all in its image, Mm -hmm. one day we will be it mm. because that's the that's the reality you've the created thought has been planted and so we're on that path to right. um so realize yeah it. exactly so it's the same science fiction like if i see star trek they're talking on communicators we now got phones mm -hmm. we now got bluetooth handsets that yeah. you can press and yeah, yeah, yeah. you can talk like on star Wireless, trek everything. got doors that open up and shut <laughs> all of that's happening oh that's normal now. yeah exactly so <laughs> when you consider that we set the course we're navigating our own course into this like sea of possibility mm -hmm. essentially mm. what you're looking at in the future is that we're walking towards being evolving to be gods mm. and that machines and the technology is helping us support that mm. because a lot of people think there's a disconnect we're creating artificial intelligence to wipe us out that's what they believe there's a separation yeah, yeah the separation is that machines are going to become a separate race mm. i think that's impossible I don't think it's impossible that machines will be smarter than us. I mean, machines in the future, artificial intelligence might be our teacher. Mm. They might be our teacher because they'll be objective yeah. and they won't have a personality, mm -hmm. right? I mean, well, you could program a personality, but it won't be very authentic is mm -hmm. my point. It'll be a bit like, uh, you know, customer service in California. <laughs> not it'll be nice <laughs> polite have a nice day and all this stuff but have it nice won't be authentic day. yeah it won't be like oh, i just had a crap day and i've got hi it won't be that yeah. it will be consistently it won't be two-faced sure it'll be like talking to elon musk <laughs> ai because he really contemplates what he's saying he might even actually be from the future elon musk he might be ai he's just not telling us with a name like elon musk yeah that's pretty i mean that's, that literally sounds like an alien name <laughs> 
What's your name, Elon Musk? If you'd have put that in, uh, I don't know, um, uh, a close encounter of the third kind, yeah, and the alien was called Elon Musk, you would have believed it. Yeah, that's back true. Then. Actually, you see what I'm saying? Mm. Before anyone knew about the Musk family, mm-hmm. you smelled them, but you didn't know about them. <laughs> You smell yeah, it's a bit musky over there, isn't it? <laughs> the point is with all of this, and this is what I really want to drive you because it's such a fascinating conversation. We've been locked into all of this morbidity with lockdown and politics and, and Trump and stuff that when you actually start opening your mind to this stuff, it, you're seeing the possible destination change of the future now. There's some really fundamentally big things happening. Mm. And yet at the root of all of it, we are still essentially a sun god worshipping Neanderthal pack of morons that put bums no, on fire. We're not morons. We haven't evolved too much. But the sun is important. I think that we are humanity always has a beacon leading it to a different future as mm. in like um i think it's also a respect for nature as well you know it's not just like oh the sun's like well i i think you can but... break i think you can break the entire evolutionary cycle to us exploring fully what we have and all of the limits mm. because like i said until the limitations are fully realized like we've found all the periodic table and and we've made all of the components and mm. we've created all the chemicals and we've um, destroyed the planet as much as we can <laughs> to, before we fix it. Mm. You, you have to destroy something to fix it. Yeah, okay. Sometimes you break it beyond repair and it can't be fixed. <laughs> and we're all hoping that isn't the case, no, no, right? Yeah. But it's a hope. Mm-hmm. It's, it's only a hope. Yeah. And to be fair, I think the planet has something to say, which we never account for. Like yeah. if we get to the point where the planet's like, really? Mm-hmm. You're going to really do this to me? Super volcano goes off and we have a reset. Yeah. few of us start again, recolonize. We're in Dr. Stone yeah. and Lord of Rings. I really recommend that. Dr. Stone If you animation. can watch any animation, mm-hmm. and please watch it in Japanese language. Do yes, not watch please. in dub. I will one day when we do video podcasts, because mm-hmm. we are going to go there. That's our evolution, folks. Yeah. When we have the technology to do that, <laughs> we're going to go video. And when we do, I'll do uh, a hard documentary about why you should listen to stuff in its native language overdubbed. Mm-hmm. I can literally prove it to you. Uh, like it's not even a debate. Mm-hmm. And moving towards and from science, I think we've explained this. I think I'll just put it down. I think evolution And this could be really profound, what I'm about to say. So please sit down and have a cup of coffee when you, or tea or whiskey, whatever your thing is, whilst you listen to what I'm about to say. Essentially, evolution is half humanity reaching all knowledge of limitation, which means consciousness has to evolve beyond that. So as a human being, we can only go so far in our consciousness. Mm Mm-hmm. So we, we understand all the chemicals, all of the, the science that we can understand. The mythology is therefore deleted. We've proven or disproven so many things. And we push ourselves to the end of our own consciousness. Then a new consciousness has to happen, you see? And I think it's going to be a hybrid consciousness, not necessarily that we become part machine, but a machine teaches us. A machine, AI, I believe, is the consciousness that's going to lead humanity to its next evolution. Mm. And that we are walking the path towards becoming gods. I think all of our process, uh, there's one thing you can say being atheist or being religious, we all believe that we're capable of that kind of a thing. An atheist scientist would say, 
yeah, we're going to be gods one day. We're going to be able to create stuff. I mean, that's what humanity is. Mm. It looks at land and it changes the entire landscape. Yeah. If you could do everything like uh, a beautiful rendition in a computer, like sand grain pixel animation of mm -hmm. this mountain that suddenly becomes Hong Kong. There it is. The yeah. skyscrapers and everything. Like we just threw sand at it and it becomes that. Yeah. That's going to be the future. If we figure it out, with nanomachines and technology, we can re-landscape everything. And that's where I think we're going. That's our destination. That's the current journey we're on. Because no matter who we are as human beings, we can't stop creating. Mm -hmm. We can't stop the thought. Mm. And we can slip and we can fall around with drugs and all of these negative things. And we always end up in a place of complete humility where we believe we're subservient to something greater than ourselves. Mm. That would say that's our instinct. Our way to survive is to push our collective consciousness to a point where we're gods. It's just the path we're on. Mm. I also find your explanation interesting in defining God as simply one who creates. Well, essentially... And this is where I'm going to say, like, if you are religious mm. out there listening to me right now, I'm not trying to infringe that. I'm trying to explain it almost. I'm trying to prove it for anyone with spiritual belief, because the big debate with atheist scientists is that they say there's definitely no God. There's definitely no supreme being. When we die, we're just black light and we're off. Mm -hmm. But they certainly have ignored consciousness in all of that, mm -hmm. because that's not how it is. There's a certain vibration of harmony. And when science, Western scientists specifically talk about religion, they omit so many religions precursor this God belief. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, Richard Dawkins has a thing called, um, uh, what is it, The God? Uh, the book is uh, The God Delusion. The God Delusion, mm -hmm. that's correct. Right, so I have, I have respect for any atheist scientist who makes a really compelling argument to dispel religion in the sense that he thinks or she thinks it's more beneficial for mankind. Mm. At the same time, they run into a trap, and it's the same trap that all religions run into. There is always a point in all of these arguments of theology where you run out of source material. For example, a scientist can only say, well, we've proven all of this and we've got to the thing, but you can never prove death. You can never prove what happens. After. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can't prove, you can have theories. Yeah. You can say that when we die, some receptor in our brain shoves a load of DMT into it and it basically gives us a hallucinogenic trip mm -hmm. to deal with death, right? But it doesn't explain so much compelling fringe science evidence that people have reincarnated or they've had visions that have then transpired in their life or it's from a previous time or mm -hmm. there's a lot of that going on and it also doesn't explain how universal the link of humanity has been dealing with this idea that there's a creator mm. because even in science there's a creator and even in science actually in an atheist science the sun is still the god it's still creating yeah and, it's and still providing. god it's this cosmic soup Energy. it gets sucked in it blows up this spouse and then relives somewhere else and it's this breathing element of dying to rebirth that's all religion yeah it's there, just there's a, a scientific theory actually just to talk about because you mentioned reincarnation 
because the is it the law of thermodynamics where uh, the concept is energy cannot be created nor can it be destroyed. It just changes form. That's the idea. So linking to reincarnation, if someone dies, the energy or the soul or whatever's you know not the body, where does that go? That kind of supports the idea of reincarnation. I think. Well, I I again. Anything that is not meant to be answered is always open for discussion, but never a conclusion. That's mm -hmm. the veil. Yeah, you can't and prove or disprove it. Look, what I'm trying to do is I've got to round this up because we could talk theologically forever, and we could have loads of discussions about this in the future with people, guests, and stuff like this who who want to bring their own two pence force. I, I think what you've got to look at is, unfortunately, as clever as people are in science, quantum theory, um, physicists. Um, religious scholars, historians, or religious scientists, whatever you've got to look at, they all have the same construction. Mm. They, they get so close to the answer, and then someone says something in, within their field of thought, right. and it completely changes the answer again. It's this perpetuating veil, mm. and you will never break through it, because the minute you break through it in a natural law sense, all of the marbles fall down. Mm. I, it's almost like if you have, I'll give you a better example. If you have Grand Theft Auto, the video game, Grand Theft Auto has limitations. Yeah. But people hack it. They modify it. They change it. They change the code. They can make the lead character the Incredible Hulk and throw cars and they can change things and manipulate the world. But you can only do that within boundaries. Mm -hmm. You can't suddenly make Sonic the Hedgehog with it. Yeah. And it's a side-scrolling 2D platforming game. Mm. You can't change the, the, the construct of the game to the point where you've breached the game and you're in a different realm. You know, you, you can't go through the code, essentially. Yeah. You can only deal with the programming and the shell around that programming. Yeah. There's boundaries. Mm -hmm. This is the same. We're all limited in some capacity. Mm -hmm. Our universe, or well, our universe is unfathomable, but mm -hmm. our solar system, it's all relatively useless stuff. <laughs> it's just, it's more of the same stuff. Yeah. Almost like we should mine it when we run out of it here, or it's, it's deliberately a cause and effect. Mm. And if it does all suck back into the sun, which it will be doing because we can prove that with gravity pull mm -hmm. and stuff like this, that's yeah. one thing that isn't theoretical. It doesn't mean that we blow up again. Big bang theory happens somewhere else. It, it, it could just mean we accumulate into something completely, or it could be the fact that every single thing that's living in our conscious, uh, description of living, mm has to end to be reborn mm. like maybe the race here isn't trying to reach the answers but a constant experiment to perfect mm. and get the answers and make the mistakes and never end it because it's almost like you you need to shake things up every company out there i'll say another thing that shows you that everything's all linked is that religions have evolved over time. They've, they've made concessions. Uh, for example, churches have taken a softer stance on this topic or this thing or whatever, because they've had to, otherwise they have no subscription and all religions work by subscription. Yeah. Science doesn't, science doesn't require you to believe it or not. It's just happening. Yeah. 
Okay, so you don't have to go to your church of science. Mm-hmm. You either subscribe to the belief or you massively think it's a conspiracy theory or something mm-hmm. like this. You can disagree with scientists. In mm-hmm. fact, that's how discoveries are made. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's no subscription to science. Science you don't need, is. Yeah, faith and belief. Yeah, science is. That's the clear way you define between spirituality and science. Yeah. Spirituality, there is a sense of subscription. You have to subscribe to the church or the synagogue or the, or the temple idea, or, the, or, or the institution yeah. or the idea. Um, or you can have your own idea and mm-hmm. be one person that subscribes <laughs> and to themselves <laughs> yeah. and not be part of a cult. You just have your own theory, mm-hmm. which I think is happening more mm-hmm. these days. Mm-hmm. Individual spirituality as opposed to institutional spirituality. Yeah, I agree. And, and, and you know... One thing I will say is it's absolutely not in humanity's interest to discredit any state or thought or religion unless it's completely destructive. Like most cults that will create a suicide pact. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Predominantly, massively, only happens in America, let's be honest. Mm. But it is happening in other places in the world. It just doesn't have the press time. Mm. I think Japan and Korea and China all had their fair share of strange, odd cults. Yeah. Yeah. But the point is, it's a subscription model. And you see, this is the thing. Uh, It really helps the people following that subscription model. It's a community when they didn't have a community. It is a business. The whole, but this is the thing. (sighs) Whenever anything has a subscription model, of course it's a business. And it Mm. has things like NGO profit organizations to run. It has to do accounts. It has to have tax. You know, these, you know, when you tax evade as a cult, that's when the FBI starts getting interested (laughs) in you. So every church or every religion, every main uh, religion, say, catholicism to the vatican to say mecca Mm -hmm. they all have institutions that are part of this this business regime they Mm -hmm. have to they Mm -hmm. have to administration boards Mm -hmm. everything yeah still needs to function it is it is a business but it doesn't i'm what i'm trying to do is separate that from making it any less real it's a business for souls not not necessarily money no it's a it's a subscription model that controls the unilateral or say universal belief as a center mm. without it, it would be anarchy sure yeah. because you'd have too many secular groups and that's why we had wars and tribal wars for many years because you had 13 different muslim sects killing each other it's yeah. still seen today yeah you know with different tribes the kurds mm. and you, you still see it so it's not like it's ended mm. but there has to be some sense of control what one thing i think that the islamic world still shows us is when central control of their state can be led by a monarch or a president or, you know, a a leader Mm. of a political regime. When you cross those two territories... Politics and religion. That's when it gets very scary. Mm. Because in a sense of state, if you take Saudi Arabia as a good example, if you take the state of Saudi Arabia, it's under monarch. Yeah. And if the monarch who's hugely Islamic, right, the family is, if that monarch takes away all your rights to speak bad about the monarch, if if they reinforce their monarch status with the people and right, rule out freedom of speech, in today's world, that's a terrifying prospect mm. because that's almost what we're all scared of in democratic countries is that our government takes enough power away from us yeah. that they make all the shots and become their self-proclaimed leader mm. of our state. And look at what just happened with Trump in America. Yep. 
to close that out because he was trying to be the religious head of state <laughs> as well as the actual head of state. And you see what I'm saying? These models are conflicting with ideologies yeah. that we should be going towards. And in the Muslim world, so that that's what really makes the Middle East quite interesting because the Saudi Arabian monarch is there, the Iranian monarch is there, and it's almost like Europe finding its feet we used to have exactly the same thing happening in Europe. Monarchs, wars, different tribes, different beliefs, Catholicism split, torn before that Roman Empire. So it's really interesting to me. Like That's why I say we haven't really gone anywhere. Yeah. We're still in the same thing. But we are literally on the road to self-actualizing humanity as gods. Not to each other. That's the thing that people don't understand. Mm. We'll never be gods to each other. We'll still be stupid Neville and stupid Brian that <laughs> sticks their bums on fires. Yeah. We'll never change to ourselves, but if you think how we will look to nature itself, like how how a mouse looks at us, mm -hmm. even a lion or a tiger. I mean, this is the thing that's really insane. Like the king of the jungle, which mm. has never been in a jungle, the lion, who's, who's in the plains <laughs> of Africa. That's all weird. See how fallacies start? But uh, the king of the uh, plains, the wild African plains, the, the notorious predators, the, the bears, at some point in history, the most feared predator has been our friend. Mm -hmm. Even to this day, you'll have bears living with humans, you'll have lions living with humans, not in cages. Yeah. Not necessarily in cages, that's the thing. You'll, if you do enough documentary search, you'll mm -hmm. actually see a guy from Tanzania or something running up to like this wild animal, this thing that could tear him apart and they're mates because he raised them from a puppy or something. That's what's intriguing about humanity. Mm. But then animals are starting to get conscious and they're evolving, which is why you've seen all these clips on YouTube where a gorilla could save a goat or, you know, a lion mm. could save a monkey or something. Yeah, That's a, what's interesting. There's a, yeah, it's, it, and it's instinct for them. It's not just instinct. It's, it's that there's this cross-consciousness of humanity and animals are evolving. To say that a lion isn't evolved from prehistoric times is insane. Yeah. Right? And we, we always put ourselves at the, the top of the thing. Right, <laughs> but if you actually live in nature and you're a tribal person. Yeah you will have seen generational massively changes in mm. nature. And that, I think, is why humanity at the top of the consciousness pile, the most empathic being on the planet, has the responsibility of differentiating, does this work to save this and does this work to save that? Meaning we're at the center point where we are, in fact, the keepers of the planet. Mm -hmm. We are the god of this planet. Mm. Now, if that changes your religious perspective, I don't know, but essentially doesn't all prayer end up with you worshipping yourself anyway because you represent the God that you believe in. Every religion states that we are all fragments or a part of our deity. We're all pieces of, because they created us in their image. Yeah. Therefore, we are them. Our soul is a part of God. The communal us mm -hmm. is an assembled version of the God that created us, mm. which means... That's almost the law that we are not applying by. So when you suddenly see this huge surge in veganism and consciousness of the planet and the caretaking elements and all of this stuff, and it comes from a real place mm -hmm. like Greta, who's traumatized by this mm -hmm. and leading the world in climate change discussion or the vegan argument, 
where we're suddenly waking up to understand that there's so many issues that we're doing to destroy nature and the ecosystem. Do you not think that's naturally on our journey? And then the stupid thing about humanity, the darkness, <laughs> is how we can propagate that into profit. Mm. Gods don't worry about profit. No religion worries about money. Every religion warns against greed yep. and sin. Yep. And yet everyone following those religions is racing towards greed and sin. Right? Mm. And the human struggle is actually we're the caretakers of the planet. We've got to be conscious. And I think that's why we need machines. That's the next evolutionary cycle. The artificial intelligence is like an essentially our teacher it will be in the future it already is look at how many people are studying their phones mm -hmm. so that's i think i'm just clearing up because and this is to conclude because i was so inspired by what we were talking about last time <laughs> i've just gone on a merry little rant here but yeah. i will say this right in the time of the lockdown we've been so bummed out one one thing i will say is that these discussions or these thoughts and stuff like this if you put clarification to it it's not controversy that you're creating. I think there's two things that humanity has to understand. We must love everything about this place. It's the only thing we got. Mm -hmm. It's our home. It just makes sense. You would love your own home if you'd bought it with your own money. You'd, you'd care for it every day because yeah. it means something to you. Think of that on a bigger spectrum. That's a planet. Therefore, gods are always going to disagree with gods, essentially. Mm -hmm. That's why humans hate humans. Mm -hmm. Okay, there's always heaven wars and yeah. tearings <laughs> of wars, the nations. Wars, yeah. If you look at all of the Hindu uh, tapestries in Indonesia and India and all of these stories they depict, does not not look like World War II to you. There's always conflict, and these are thousands of years old. So precursor. So I think we're setting ourselves on that course, and I think that everyone in this time should just understand that we are on a good forward. And it takes a lot of negative stuff like this pandemic and everything else to just kind of really, you know, make us understand fundamentally that we've got to change everything. Once the door is open, mm -hmm. we've got to question our government. we got to make the governments around the world work for us. Make, make them better. Fill them with experts. Stop having governments that don't know what they're doing. Yeah. Actually build a cabinet, build a, a government that knows exactly what it's doing. Mm -hmm. And that redefines and, and also uh, protects democracy. And maybe then these war nations will actually look at us and go, they've got it figured out. Mm. That's what I'm saying. Neutralize and not have any issues. So... Wow, that was intense. Um, it is actually, and I'll end this, uh, our emperor. It's his birthday tomorrow. Our? And I say our emperor because we were there when he was inaugurated, <laughs> essentially. Uh, our mate in Japan, mm -hmm. 23rd. So the day after this comes out, I want everyone to look east and bow with a smile on your head just to respect the emperor of Japan. I think he's going to be a good dude. You could say that. Yeah. I don't know what you just said. But Happy birthday. About, oh, I thought in it was Japanese. about the heat of the shower. It just brought back memories of a talking <laughs> shower. Um, I will say this, everyone, uh, you know, in Japan right now, I think it's uh, it, it was fascinating to see that. Like, and that's why I'm just saying it because yeah. we were there when he was he was brought in. And Free that's, zoo trips. Yeah, exactly, Uena. But he. Um, He's he's an interesting cat. So if if you don't know anything about the Emperor of Japan, 
the new one, relatively new, only a year in mm -hmm. to his rain and his snow and his sunshine. Um, look him up. And that's what you can do for the next two weeks. See? And also, pat yourself on the back. Because you're a part of God. You're part God. You are God. <laughs> I don't know what you believe. We'll see you in two weeks. <laughs>